We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Indiana, home of Pacers basketball. Miller for three, and he got it. Legends have been born. Miller retreats to the three-point line and hits again. Memories have been made. Caliburn, a deep three for the lead. Great basketball has been played. Nembhard away. Hits the three and the buzzer. In 49 states. It's just basketball. Flips it to the big fella, fake, shoots, and But this, this is Indiana. And you're listening to Setting the Pace. Let's go! Your go-to Pacers podcast. Setting the pace with Alex and Fachi. Alex and Fachi. Alex and Allison. Setting the pace with Alex and Fachi. Alex and Fachi. Alex and Allison. Setting the pace with Alex and Fachi. Alex and Fachi. Alex and Allison. Setting the pace with Alex and Fachi. Alex and Fachi. Alex and Allison. We got paces hooping. Let's talk stats. Hot takes. All fast. New topics. Updates. Three pointers. Fast breaks. We keep scoring. We don't need to stop. New episodes. Weekly drops. This your number one podcast, sweeping every team. We gon' need a mop. Setting like the pace with Alex and Fachi. Alex and Fachi. Alex and Allison. Setting the pace with Alex and Fachi. Alex and Fachi. Alex and Allison. Setting the pace with Alex and Fachi. Alex and Fachi. Alex and Allison. Setting the pace with Alex and Fachi. Alex and Fachi. Alex and Allison. What is going on, Pacer Nation? Welcome back to your go-to Pacers podcast, Setting the Pace. I'm your host, Alex Golden. And I'm joined today by the one and only Michael J. Fachi. Fachi, how's it going, brother? Oh man, life is good, but it's, it's, uh, it's getting a little juicy out here because we were recording and then we a little spicy, kinda, maybe a little spicy. I think spicy is a little bit of a, a better uh, description because you and I were recording. You know, we're we're getting out of the episode. All of a sudden, you pause it and you're like, "Did you get that Shams notification?" And all of a sudden, <laughs> I like, grab my phone, I race to it. And I was like, "Oh my god, what do we do now, Alex?" Tell them what Shams dropped. Yeah, so there is an article on The Athletic from Sham Sharania reporting with Sam Amick. Raptors Pacers engage in Pascal Siakam trade talks involving Bruce Brown Jr. draft picks, according to sources. Now, I'm going to read this quickly according to what the article says. The Raptors and Pacers are actively engaged in trade talks centered around two-time All-Star forward Pascal Siakam that would send him to Indiana for a package that includes Bruce Brown Jr., other salaries, and three first-round draft picks. The Raptors have been engaged in discussions with several teams on a potential Siakam deal, but conversations with the Pacers have gained steam in recent days, those sources say. Sources briefed on the talks between the two teams say that there have been several back-and-forth proposals made, 
While the two sides have been described as being far along in the process, according to these sources, they have yet to finalize or agree to a deal. I'm going to continue real quick. The Kings had been among other suitors for Siakam, but decided to pull out of conversations in recent weeks, the league sources say. Siakam is also known to be against the potential prospect of re-signing in Sacramento, making a Kings deal even more problematic. The Warriors and Mavericks have expressed exploratory interest in Siakam as well, according to league sources. All right, Fachi. A lot of stuff there, but basically, it seems like the Pacers are the front runners. It really does. And I think that we've heard teams like the Warriors are interested, but it's just like, I, I don't know if, if the Raptors are really interested in taking back long-term salary of an Andrew Wiggins or anything like that. I think the Pacers have the best assets available, but I also feel that the Pacers have been reluctant to include a Matherin or Jarris Walker. And I agree with that. If Siakam has not given any team any sign that he is willing to sign long-term there, then you don't want to part with a Matherin or a Jarris Walker. But when it comes to those draft picks, three on paper, it does sound like a lot. It does. But you and I have talked back and forth, back and forth. Where is there room to bring in two more rookies next year when you're trying to win? When, when you can't even find room for the two first-round picks that you just drafted. So once you get to a point, draft picks, they're helpful, but they can't help you now. And I think that mm. right now the Pacers are in a rare spot where they've been accumulating assets for years to be able to make a move. And I think those draft picks, I'll part with those any day before I'll part with the Jairus Walker or Benedict Matherin or, honestly, even Andrew Nemhard. Yeah, I mean – Everybody knows that Jairus Walker, the eighth overall pick, can't even see the floor right now. What makes you think other draft picks are going to be able to see the floor? The Pacers roster is already loaded with young talent. You know, if they continue to add more young talent to it, like it's not a bad thing to do, but it's like, where are they going to get playing time? Are they going to be lost in the shuffle? Or, yes. do, you, or do you trade away those picks that aren't going to see the floor for a you know, two-time All-NBA caliber power forward that the Pacers have desperately needed Really since before Thad Young, but even even Thad Young filled a role for a little bit, but he's not an all-NBA kind of guy. So you're looking for yeah. like an all-NBA guy, probably the best, the highest level power forward you could probably get since David West came here in free agency. So it's been a long time, and the Pacers really have been trying to address that for a long time. And me and you have both talked about it. Pascal Siakam is one of the most underappreciated, underrated players that we've heard mentioned to the Pacers. Every single time that I turned on Twitter, and Pascal Siakam's name was mentioned in a trade with the Pacers or there was any kind of rumor, Pacer fans are like kind of torn, but a lot of them are like, no way, I'm not trading anything for him. He's not worth it. He's a rental. He's a blah, blah. Okay. Yes, you're right. He is a rental. I don't think a deal happens unless there is a wink-wink agreement between the two sides that Pascal is likely to re-sign here. Now, look, you have to realize this too. Tyrese Halliburton and the environment that this team has created here is going to make it very hard for a guy to come in here and want to leave. Nobody really wants to leave the Pacers. We see how upset guys are when they get traded or when there's like not brought back since Tyrese has been here. It's been tough. You know, there's been guys that have been frustrated with playing time and we know about that. Like a Gogo Bataze, I understand like his point of view, like got drafted to the worst possible place to get drafted to. But this is a guy that can instantly raise the Pacers floor and ceiling if he is brought in here. So you know, the Bruce Brown package with three first-round picks, I have no problem with that. And if there's salary floor that has to be put in there, this roster needs consolidated anyways. There's too many guys that are not getting playing time because there's too many guys ahead of them. And so I think that a consolidation trade makes a ton of sense. 
You give up future picks that you're not going to really need as much, in my opinion, when you're trying to win right now. And then if you can keep Jairus out of this trade, that only allows him to be under the wing of Pascal Siakam to learn from him. And then maybe when Pascal, his next contract's up, Jairus is 24-25 entering his prime. I think it makes a ton of sense. I think it does. I think that right now, I mean, name me a time that Kevin Pritchard has come out on the wrong end of the deal. I, I just feel that, like, when Pritchard's making deals, they're, the Pacers come out on top. And I think that I trust the, the Pacers front office that they have, like you said, a little wink, wink, wink whatever it is, they feel confident enough. If they're going to make a deal that it's, hey, you know what? While he might not say, I guarantee you that I will sign long-term, it's, we're going to be a real good team. He's going to have a lot of fun, and we're going to win some games. And I think that we're going to be able to show where else can you play with an elite point guard like this. There are very few teams that are going to be available that are going to have a point guard that is even four-fifths of what Tyrese is. So I, I am excited about that, but I also think that Pacers can make some noise. You could bring in – you know, Siakam, you can consolidate this roster. I think they have an opportunity to maybe even go out and add someone through the buyout market. I mean, who knows? It, it, who knows what other deal could follow this? But there are guys right now that are struggling to get playoff to, uh, playing time. And if you bring in Siakam, I mean, at power forward alone, you got a few other guys that are going to struggle to see the floor. So it does make sense to say, you know, who, who could be that guy? Could it be an Obi Toppin? Could it be, you know, a, a Jalen Smith? It very well could happen. But I have a question on those draft picks. Mm -hmm. I think we're all probably under the assumption you would imagine two of the three first-round picks are this year's picks, the Pacers pick, and then either OKC or the Clippers pick, I would imagine. Then when do you think that next pick is? I mean, do you think we're going 2026 at this point? or Well, it'd have to be 2026 because you well, can't trade 2025 you, you because of the rule. No, exactly. You can't trade 2025, but you don't think the Pacers would punt too far down the line. I think 2026 yeah. is probably what they envision as this team should really be hitting their stride and yeah. winning games where you're not worried. But I think it would be a bad move to include like a 2028, 2020. That's too far down the line for me. And you just never know what those picks could be. Yeah. And you have to realize what kind of protections are on these picks too. And it can be kind of tricky because sometimes I feel like protected picks are almost annoying because you can only trade them if they end up becoming your picks again or if they – whatever. You know what I mean. There's a lot of protections on picks. It yeah. just kind of gets complicated when you're trying to trade them future uh, in the future. But I will say this. I, I do think that it probably means both 2024 picks and this year's draft. But at the same point, I also think, does Toronto really want two picks in this year's draft class with well, how bad this draft class is? They might not have their own first-round pick. Remember, That's that right. pick, if it's not in the top six, it's going to San Antonio. That's right. So there's a scenario that maybe Toronto has three first-round picks, or maybe they have none. So yeah. I, I think that this is an opportunity for them Good to point. at least get two first-round picks, and we'll see what happens with theirs. If they trade Siakam, yeah, you know what? Maybe they kind of tank out. They get three first-round picks. They have young talent. Bruce Brown is an asset that you could flip. Anything could happen from there. So I think Toronto's in a really good spot if they make this trade. But I think they know Siakam ain't coming back. And these offers, they're drying up. And you ain't getting three first-round picks from anyone else unless those are uh, very bad draft picks, in my opinion. Like a team that, you know, maybe 
you know, is, is a true contender and they're, they're really not looking to give up much. I think you have a balance here of getting Indiana's pick. Could it be top 20? It could, could maybe. Yeah. And then you're going to get that other pick. OKC or the Clippers, that other pick, the 2026, maybe, even if it's top 10 protected, I feel good with that. Right. Yeah. I think top 10, there's got to be a protection on that pick. There's no way the Pacers are giving up an unprotected 2026 pick as their third first round pick for a guy who's not under contract. That to me feels like a lot. Yeah, they probably give up their pick unprotected this year. Yes. And I could even see a pick swap being in there instead. That, that uh, could something. Well I, I don't know. I'm just I'm just throwing out there. We have no idea. We're just spitballing yeah. ideas. So this is not reporting. This is just speculation or just guessing <laughs> at this point. I don't want to make sure we make that clear. But yeah, I'm I'm to the point right now where I'm kind of over the over the talking point of oh well, he could leave in free agency. Oh, he could leave in free agency. That might be egg on my face by July, and I'll and I'll be willing to wear that egg on my face if that's what happens. I just feel like I have all the confidence in the world and Rick Carlisle and Tyrese Halliburton to make the fit work if they do trade for him. I think that Pascal Siakam, who else is out there that really is going to have money? Detroit, are you really want to go to Detroit? That doesn't make any sense to me. And then Philadelphia has been another team that's been heavily connected with potentially having the space to bring in Siakam, but. A lot of people have brought up the fit with Joel Embiid and Siakam not being a good fit. So I just feel like at this point, it is a terrific fit on the court with Miles Turner, Tyrese Halliburton, and Pascal Siakam. Pascal Siakam, you don't give up Jairus Walker. You have a really good player at the four that's going to help elevate this team, like I've already said. I don't understand why anybody would be upset about this. If you just don't like Pascal Siakam and you think that he's overrated and he's not good, okay, that's your opinion. You can believe that. That's fine. I'm not saying you're right or wrong. That's an opinion. But I think at this point, like, what do they have to lose if they're giving up Bruce Brown and salary filler? The only thing I could think of is if if it's like, okay, we want Bruce Brown, we want Jalen Smith, and we want Andrew Nimhard, plus all these picks, is that where you kind of draw the line? Because Andrew Nimhard is very valuable, but somebody they've also coveted since the draft. So you're talking about Bruce Brown, Jalen Smith, Andrew Nembhard at three first round picks. Yeah. I feel like if Andrew Nembhard's in there, you're taking out a first round pick. Yeah. To me, it just feels like that's starting to tip the scale of like, whoa, you're talking about three players that contribute to this team and three first round picks. So to me, all of a sudden I, I feel like you're like, look, you want Nembhard. We're taking out that 2026 first. I think that that's that's where you'd have to go. Yeah, and 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 I'm fine with that. I just think that they have to figure it out. They um, if they want Ben Shepard, I think the picks have to stay in there. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, look, Ben Shepard could be a very good player in this league. He could, but I, I think that the Pacers could uh, could afford to be able to say, okay, you know what, get yourself a deal if, if that's if that's how it goes down. But the Pacers actually are in a a good spot where you could get crafty with this. You know that there has to be salary filler next to Bruce Brown, but it could be a couple different options. Mm. What about a TJ McConnell? I mean, there, there's for McConnell over there that gets you to, to where you got to be salary wise. He's making $8.7 million. So you're already, you know, over about $31 million, which would facilitate the deal. I mean, do you think that's a scenario or do you think it's like, Hey, if we're going for a player, Another salary filler we wanted to at least be a, a young player, such as maybe an OB Toppin, a guy yeah. that that you know could still be young and contribute for a few more years. How do you think the Raptors want it? 
I think they would prefer Obi over TJ just for the simple fact of what you brought up and, and just being someone they can maybe bank on for the future. They could have all three softies of the New York Knicks, uh, Emmanuel quickly, RJ Barrett, and Obi Toppin. I'm sure you saw that report where the Knicks, uh, somebody leaked out that the once they got rid of the softies in, in terms of I know. I didn't like that. I didn't like uh, that. I thought it was trash. I, I know. Me making a bad attempt at a joke, being sarcastic. Yeah, yeah. No, no. That, I... that person under the bus. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you on that. I just feel like it's softies. Okay, yeah, we'll we'll, we'll see what happens. Um, yeah, I mean, but... for me, there's a lot of different ways we could look at this, but I am kind of curious because what if there was a three-team deal involved and mm. the Pacers are like, okay, let's see if there's a way we can make this a little bit more appealing to both sides here. So... We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So I'm going to throw this one out at you, Fachi. It's a Pacers-Raptors-Warriors deal, okay? Pacers get Pascal Siakam. The Golden State Warriors get Bruce Brown, Jordan Moore. The Raptors get Andrew Wiggins, Obi Toppin, Corey Joseph, a 2024 first-round pick from the Pacers, and a 2026 first-round pick protected from the Golden State Warriors. So the Pacers just get Siakam? Just get Siakam, and they're giving up Obi Toppin, Bruce Brown, Jordan Moore, and a pick. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I would do that. So you're talking about one first-round pick, Bruce Brown, Obi Toppin, Jordan Moore. Yeah, I I would much rather that than three first-round picks. Yeah, I mean, that's why I was like, okay, and I I made this up last night before all this news came out. I was thinking, you know, there's, there's probably some belief in Andrew Wiggins still as a player, right? But I think that if the Warriors are trying to get off of him, if they could get off of Andrew Wiggins and Corey Joseph or Bruce Brown and Jordan Wara, 
I feel like they would like that. Just having Bruce Brown there, I think he's been much more consistent than Andrew Wiggins. Andrew Wiggins has really struggled this season, and I feel like he's viewed as a negative asset moving now forward. He is. I think so. And you might have to attach that pick to him, which is why I threw a top eight protected pick to the Raptors. So they're getting two first round picks. They're getting the option with Obi Top, and they're getting uh, a Canadian and himself, Andrew Wiggins, who's got twenty four point three million dollars left on his contract this year, but he's signed for three more years after that. And then, of course, they just take on another Canadian, Corey Joseph, in the deal as well, bring Corey back home. So to me, it was just like a simple deal that didn't seem too over-the-top complicated, but it's like if they would rather have Wiggins and, you know, take one of the picks out, could that be more enticing than Bruce Brown? Because I feel like at this point, Bruce Brown, like, what's the value of having Bruce Brown for like three weeks, you know? Yeah. I feel like no, Wiggins I... would be more of, a, of an asset to, to the Raptors. I, I do agree. I think that try to think. I, I would love if there's a scenario, and I know it doesn't work out that way, but it's like if the Pacers were to do Bruce Brown, Jalen Smith, Jordan Wara, and, and those picks, like I, I'm, I'm fine with that. I, I, I am because I think that Isaiah Jackson, when this roster is fully healthy, it's going to be tough to ha- get playing time for Isaiah Jackson and Jalen Smith. Mm. And I think that Jalen Smith, like we talked about, you know, previously, he, he could walk. He could uh, opt out of that player option, and, and maybe you lose him for nothing. And I think that at this point, Jordan Wara, I, I think, is is a goner. If you could include him in this in this deal, maybe, you know what, maybe he contributes to the Raptors this year. They like what they see, and, and they bring him back. I, I don't know. But either way, the, the Raptors would not be taking on any long-term money other than just one year of Bruce Brown that they could always flip. But I think that it would be great if the Pacers could avoid a scenario where they are including, you know, I, I don't know. Maybe it's just me trying to be like, is there any way we can hold on to Obi Toppin? You know, but here's the thing. It's just like, you'd still have to then pay him. Maybe if the Pacers don't, I don't, I don't know. Like, are the Pacers going to pay Obi long-term? That's a that's a whole episode for another day. But if you're bringing in Pascal Siakam, in my opinion, a big's got to go, specifically a four. I think has to go. Mm. Where are you going to find playing time for Pascal, Obi, Jalen? You know, you could say whatever. You want to say throw Isaiah just into the mix of a big. And obviously, Jarris Walker's already not playing. Yeah. Someone's got to be on, on, the, on the outs. And I think that, uh, you know, it, it could be easier if perhaps it is, you know, maybe Obi and Jordan Nawara are, are involved. And it's Obi, Jordan Nawara, and... Um, Bruce Brown, but I think it's got to be OB or Jalen Smith, in my opinion. Yeah, it definitely makes a lot of sense to get rid of one of the bigs. I mean, you could do, like, I've seen people throw out Bruce Brown, Buddy Heald together. You could get Jaden McDaniels, or Jalen McDaniels, excuse me, and Pascal Siakam back in that deal, which could be interesting. Um, I just, I don't know what the Raptors are wanting. I think the Raptors are going to want something of, of some kind of value with a young player. I agree. That's not necessarily one of our first round picks. I mean, if they're asking for Obi Top, and to me that's not a stopper at all. I'm it's more than I'm more than okay with doing that. I think it just opens up more minutes for Jarris as well. But I also think that they would probably just play Jalen Smith if they keep him at the four in the backup four or play Aaron Eastman four at the four. I think they're going to not fully trust Jarris Walker yet, but I think it would help for the future of this back or that front court and then that backup spot as the four for Jairus if Obi Toppin's not in the way, taking away minutes. Because it does just give you another option, and I think some that Carlisle trusts a little bit more. No, I'm with you on that. And I feel that, you know, while Obi's not playing, um, you know, like starter-level minutes, 
he is still playing over 20 minutes per game. And like you said, that does create a path for Jarris Walker to play more. And I think that that's what a lot of fans would like to see. But I, I just don't – I don't want him to get to a point where you don't move Obi and all of a sudden now, you know, his value is really down. And then you, you really don't know what to pay him. It's like, if anything, you know, kind of, kind of do right by him, move him, whatever it may be. But my gut is saying – Jalen Smith is opting out of that deal no matter what and cashing in. If you have an opportunity to get ahead of it, he is a good rebounder. He is a better rebounder than Obi Toppin. But I just feel that, you know, one of those guys has to be moved. It is a tough decision. And uh, in my opinion, you could bring back Obi Toppin as a restricted free agent. But I feel like Jalen Smith, I don't see the Pacers re-signing him to a you know, a deal that might pay him, say, instead of $5 million a year, you know, 9 to $10 million a year uh, long-term. I think that could be a little bit much. Yeah, so right now I'm looking at the trade machine, and according to fans, Bo, on the trade machine, uh, a deal of Bruce Brown, Jalen Smith, and Jordan Wara for Pascal Siakam is not enough salary going out. So you would have to include probably James Johnson in this deal, which I don't think is going to break the bank. We've seen them do that before. Raptors would yes. cut James Johnson, even though he is a vet. <laughs> and then the Pacers could just repick him probably back up after that, like they did last year with Milwaukee. Yeah, they very well could. And like we've talked about, that it, that it might not be what Toronto wants, but Bruce Brown and TJ McConnell works out flawlessly. Yeah, plus those, those three first-round picks. And I, I, I do think there actually could be some value with McConnell there for, for the rest of this year. But they already have Dennis Schroeder. They already have Emmanuel Quickly. Bringing in T.J. McConnell, it's not really going to be the the best path for playing time, but could be a good vet. But I could understand if they're like, mm, no, thank you. You know, Messiah Ujiri, tough guy to deal with. So I, I think at this point, you know, they could want, could they want Isaiah Jackson in there that you mentioned, you know, to try and make the salary work uh, at that point. You know, I don't. I'm not going to let Isaiah Jackson be the deal breaker for us. That no. would be a complete 180 on where we started the year to say Isaiah Jackson's the holdup in a Pascal Siakam deal. But to what you said before of what was it? Um, Bruce Brown was it Ob and Nuora? Is that what you said? Wouldn't work. Bruce Brown, Jalen Smith, and Jordan Jalen Smith. Yeah, and then if you included um, Jamie Isaiah Jackson, Jackson, just yeah, the, or so, I mean. One. Yeah, I mean, I think I'd rather throw in Ben Shepard at this point. I wouldn't. I think, they, I think that they would value Ben Shepard as a young player under contract for a few years. His shooters, they're always going to hold value, but I think the Pacers could be able to, I don't want to downplay Ben Shepard, but it, it's going to be, it would be a move that they could very well recover from. It, they, it's they, a, you know, they it's a type of pick they're trading. Exactly. But that that's what, hey, you know what? Look, it's almost. Like he got four first rounders, you know. It's look at it that way. He was just a first round four. pick, you know. That's what I'm saying. Whatever you got to be, I'm sure people will label it as Patriots give four first round picks. It's like, eh, I guess. But you know, one of them being Ben Shepard, that you know, honestly, he could maybe have have a, a bigger opportunity to develop in Toronto than Indiana. But I also feel that you know you could part with a Ben Shepard if that's really what's going to get this deal done. But I, I really would look forward to see what the protection is on that third first-round pick. But I am 110% on board that I don't even want those two first-round picks for this year because what I want is a higher ceiling on this team being able to win. And you know what? 
if that's just for a, we got to do everything we can to prove it to Siakam and have a run in the playoffs, win a first round series, that that could very well be enough to say, you know what, the money's going to be good. We got a team right now that can compete. That's enough for me. But I understand right now if he doesn't want to, you know, commit, but we ain't giving up a Matherin. We ain't going to give up a Jarris Walker. I can live if we give up those picks and it, maybe it doesn't work out. That's the front office really taking a swing for the fences. Yeah, I mean, they had to take a swing. And I, I think that they've kind of been playing it cool for a little bit without taking a big swing. I mean, you can say trading DeMontis a bonus for Tyrese Halliburton was not taken or was taking a big swing. To me, the writing was on the wall with that team. They were going to make changes. There was no doubt about it. Their backs were against the wall, and the Kings were dumb enough to let Tyrese Halliburton go. I don't care how good De'Aaron Fox has been. I don't care how good the Kings have been since they made that trade. You do not let a prize possession like Tyrese Halliburton go in his sophomore season. That's why you don't see the Pacers actively looking to trade a guy like Ben Matherin. So it's just it's just mind-boggling to me. I mean, I cannot get over it, but uh, Sacramento, yeah, it worked out for you a little bit, but that might be more short-sighted than long than, than long term. So I just I just know that the Pacers have put themselves in a really good spot, Fachi, to to make themselves be able to make a trade like this. And even if for some reason Pascal walks in free agency, you still have all that cap space to go out there and say, hey, we have a starting fourth position open for you to play with Tyrese. Or if they have his bird rights and he doesn't want a beer, they can sign and trade him. Or with his bird rights, they can give him a better deal. And I think that that's all that matters with Pascal Siakam. I think he wants to win. His best chance to win is not in Toronto with the with the roster they currently have. I think his best yeah. chance to win is with Indiana based on all the possible destinations he could go to that would be willing to give the Raptors something that they want back in return. And that's the big thing right there. Nobody else really can give Toronto what they want back in return except for the Pacers. Maybe the Warriors. Maybe the Warriors can. Maybe. But are Maybe. they willing to part with a guy like Jonathan Kaminga? The same reason the Pacers won't part with a guy like Jairus Walker or Ben Mather? I don't think so. I don't think so. Money talks, money yells, money screams. It's pretty loud. And at the end of the day, I think that that's going to speak a lot to Pascal Siakam. But yeah, you're, you mentioned it. Pacers are in a spot where they really can't lose. You say the worst case scenario is that the Pacers have some success. They win a first round series or, you know what, they really competitive first round series. You get this team back to the playoffs. Yeah, you missed it on the draft picks, but you know what? It's going to be all right. You're going to have money to spend. And you got a really talented young core that's still there. And I think for that, you're going to be able to recover. But it would be, I think it would prove a lot to the fan base for the front office to really go out and roll the dice and say, when you got a player as special as Tyrese Halliburton, you don't sit around and twiddle your thumbs. You go out and you make moves. And I think that there's going to be other players around the league that will see this and be like, I want to play in Indiana. And that is something I don't know if those players have been saying for quite some time, but there's something that we're brewing right over here. And I wouldn't be surprised if we if we hook Pascal Siakam because Tyrese Halliburton, that, that man works wonders. He is quite the recruiter. And if he's already got you, that whole team's going to be in his ear all the time trying to plant those seeds to stay long-term. And I think it's going to work. Yeah, and it sends a message to the front. It sends a message to the league, and it sends a message to Tyrese Halliburton. We are ready to start winning with you. Yeah. So that's how I feel about it. I, I know there's a lot of controversy on the Pascal Siakam stuff. Is he the best player available? Probably so. I think with with Kawhi right Leonard now, going back, yes. 
Yes, with Kawhi Leonard going back to the Clippers and re-upping there. There was a report that came out today from Mark Stein saying the Pacers were kind of monitoring Paul George as a possible guy, but it seems more likely that he's going to go back to the Clippers. That, to me, makes more sense why the Pacers would be even more aggressive to go out and get Pascal Siakam and why they might have been a little little bit hesitant to make this move now without having the cap space to go out and get a Paul George if they were really considering that being an option. I think that the relationship between Ty and Paul is real. I think they're both with CAA, the agency, so that could be something to keep an eye on too. I mean, you never know anything could happen, but like Clippers flame out in round one, is Paul going to want to stay there? You never know. He he might want to come home. I mean, Paul to me has done a lot of work to try to fix the relationship with Indiana, and I don't feel like it was on accident that he did that. I think that he thought yeah, in his mind I- there is a potential possibility that with the way they look now with Ty and Miles that he would fit in pretty darn good with that. And it's like, okay. You know, and I would shake Paul's hand. Hey, you got us, Tyrese, by leaving. So thank you. <laughs> hey, no, that that's true. I mean, it truly is a, a direct uh, correlation. But yeah, the, the Pacers and Paul George are that mending that relationship. It's come a long way, and I love the fact that the Pacers were monitoring that. And I I still truly would love for Paul George to retire as a Pacer, even if it is truly that last year. But. Never say never. Anything could happen. I think the Pacers have done their due diligence around the league, and the idea of free agency tends to always be better than the actual result. Yeah, and I think the Pacers might know. Hey, this is us getting ahead of free agency, being able to make a trade for a guy like Pascal Siakam, who's going to be one of the biggest free agents out there. And I think that this is their opportunity to be able to, uh, you know, sell them on a couple months of hey this is what it's like you know show them getting familiar with the team and then once free agency comes hey that's your opportunity to lock them down so i it feels more real right now when we're recording this than it has been any of these weeks where you've seen a bunch of of siaka rumors and then physically nothing attached to it we're now hearing once it came from shams and we're hearing names now it feels there's true legs to this and maybe a deal gets done this week Maybe it does, but the Raptors are running out of time. And that is everything we said before the season. What's going to happen when it gets close to the trade deadline? Who's going to call their bluff? They're running out of time. they got about three weeks left, but maybe a deal gets done this week. Let's just hope Shams is not being a mouthpiece for the Raptors and putting out this information and killing a deal for the Pacers. If you don't want Pascal, then that's, that's what you're holding on to right now. <laughs> um, but that that is the only thing I worry about because we did see – Shams did the same thing with the Kings, and then like two hours later, say the Kings are out of the deal. <laughs> that was the craziest thing I've seen. It was just yeah. it was almost like he got bad news. It was like, I didn't mean that. You know, he quickly ran back. So I was like, all right, Kings are in, and the Kings are out. Yeah, so we'll, we'll see. We'll continue to monitor this. I know we've been talking about it a lot, so I do apologize if you guys are tired of hearing us talk about it. But felt like it was appropriate to cover it tonight on today's episode. We did an emergency podcast basically just for you guys. We had one pre-recorded oh, yeah. with other people, too. And like We had some episodes in the bank that we were pushing back just because we felt like this was too timely to pass up on so about you with that being said let the people know where they can find us at on social media absolutely so you can find us on twitter at pacers pod stp you can find us at uh, alex on twitter at alex golden nba i can be found on twitter at underscore f-a-c-c-i you can find us on instagram at pacers pod stp you can find us on facebook set the pace you can find us on tiktok and set the pace and alex tell them where they can check us out on youtube Ladies and gentlemen, go to youtube.com slash some of the pace of pace podcast. And if you haven't already, please subscribe to our YouTube channel, be a part of the YouTube family, and leave us a five star rating and review wherever you get your podcast at on the audio platform. But Fachi, if you're excited to see what happens with the Pacers, 
and their pursuit of Pascal Siakam. Then hit me with those three words. Let's go Pacers! Come home, Pascal. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.